Right, so the episode with Johan Saul from Your Future Is Metal is about to play. One thing I will mention is me, John, and my new editor, Marty, have got together, pulled our heads together, and we've got a goat video. So, I've realised, one day before releasing this episode, that the episode advert is basically purely video. So, we're about to listen to a load of noises and someone sounding like they've just been shot. So, that's the goat advert. If you head over to YouTube, you'll actually be able to see the video, see the advert. It's fantastic. Go check it out. But for now, we don't have a voiceover. So if it sounds like your thoughts have taken over your brain when you're driving along listening to this, it's just the GOAT advert, okay? Casper has a rendition of a shanty song, because he's with me now, listening to me talking to my phone. And it made me laugh so hard that the best thing I can do is share it with the world. So bear with. Go. This song is called, I don't know what it's called, I just like sing it. Three, two, one, what? Three, two, one, go there once was a man who was sleepy, so he brewed himself a pot of coffee. The coffee did not awaken him, so he drank more and more. Soon the anxiety comes, buzzing, jittering vibrations. The, that's it. That's, that's it. it yeah. yeah, that's it. There we go. So Casper showed me that earlier, and I thought I need to share that with the world. So, any last words, Casper? Enjoy the episode. Help me. Help you. Right, brilliant. Cheers, guys. Um, Rate this five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To be honest, I think the sea shanty alone was worth it. You can probably stop listening now. No, no, no. Right, bye. Absolute bedlam. Absolute bedlam. Absolute bedlam. Talking about topics and stuff. Absolute bedlam. Absolute bedlam. Absolute bedlam podcast. Who? What? Where? Why? This is Johan Saul from Your Future Is Metal, and you are watching Absolute Bedlam podcast. Dorset. England's gateway to the sea. Legends tell of how travellers and wayfarers would navigate vast oceans to meet the natural beauty of the Jurassic coastline. As the centuries have passed, only their salt remains. Absolute Bedlam are proud to be sponsored by Shanty Spirit. The taste of the Jurassic Coast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Absolute Bedlam Podcast. First things first, thank you all for the love on the Sticks Raiders episode. The episode's gone absolutely mental. Um, so loving that, loving all the reposts and the fact that people are actually asking questions to the guests. It's all really, really good. Um, so we're about halfway through season 13 now, I think. So I've got Saul from Your Future Is Metal. And there he is in all his glory and his Nike vest. Hello, everybody. This uh, is my Nike vest. There we go. Let's have it. So I can't remember when I booked you. That always seems to be something that I ask the guests. I want to say it was probably a couple of months ago now. 
it's usually like nine or ten months ago. So uh, yeah, so yeah, I think it I think it was about a month and a half, something like that. Yeah. Yes. See, am... Somehow somehow managed to come across each other on Instagram, and uh, it was a good vibe. And yeah. here we are. There we go. Yeah, I I've always got long lead times with guests, so it's good to see and good to hear that I can actually book guests dynamically rather than waiting a year for them because that's mental. So yeah. Right, so we'll get straight into it. We'll ask the questions that everyone wants to know the answers to. School questions. So, Saul, how was yeah. school for you? Fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, let's get some elaboration. Well, I, uh, I, I moved from. So I'm originally from Hereford, but I moved down to Cornwall. Uh, when I was just finishing year five, so I ended up doing year six in some like nasty little primary school in a village somewhere. And then I sort of spent a few months at Red Ruth School and then moved over to Falmouth School. And by then, it, the first term had already gone by. So everybody had chosen their friendship groups and everything like that. And I just got bullied horribly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it, it, I was I was a misfit. Didn't really. It wasn't a chav. Well, the chavs just ruled the school. It was crazy. Yeah. Man. They were like the popular kids. So I didn't fit yeah. in with any of the popular kids or or even the nerds or anything like that. So mm. I, I was just in my own sort of little my own sort of little world. And uh, I was very sort of glad to get out really by the end. Although, yeah. you know, I, I feel like everybody calmed down by year 11 thereabouts yeah i think sometimes school it really feels like you've got something to sort of offer and you've got something to prove and some people just are shy and they don't want to sort of conform and comply to a clique they want to sort of just do what they do at school and go home and not have to sort of feel that they need to fit in i suppose well, I certainly peaked a hell of a lot later than everybody else. I mean, part of the problem for me was that I was very androgynous looking. So I, I did just look like quite an uh, ugly girl. <laughs> and that, that didn't help my case. And, you know, deep down in the south of England to down in Cornwall, you know, it, it's redneck central. I mean, mm. it, it, it was not good for me. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I actually went, I went to my, uh, it's weird, about a year a year or so ago, I went to my 15-year um, secondary school reunion and, like, mm. nobody went. And I was chatting to the f some of the few people that went. I think there was only 20 of us there. And most of them were actually my friends. Most of them were people I brought along. I was like, oh, I'm going to this. And they were all like, fuck that. That sounds horrible. I was like, well, I'm going to be there. And they were like, okay, we'll go. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I was chatting to a few people who I hadn't seen in, like, literally 15 years. And they were like, I was really scared about coming tonight. And mm. this person made my life hell. And, mate, every everyone's li lives were being made hell by somebody back then. I, I was, so I, I found, I, yeah, it's weird. Um, Came full circle and realised I wasn't the only one. Mm. I've yeah, I've always ummed and ahed about going to a school reunion. But I'm either going to be confronted with a load of people that I really didn't like. Or, like you say, no one goes. So it's a weird sort of duality that happens that I'm not like super, super successful, but I also think that the super, super successful people probably don't have the time to go to a yeah, reunion they, and be like, yeah, Haha, I earn a million pounds a year, you know, that sort of thing. They'll never go. No, it's not like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. And it's like this whole big yeah. deal, you know, and you have to pretend you're successful or anything like yeah, yeah. I, I went there and literally uh, the guy who put it on was really disappointed because there was only about 
between 15 and 20 of us. And I think yeah. some of the nasty girl, so there were some girls there who were, you know, quite chavvy in school. And apparently they were doing like cocaine in the, in the toilets. And so it was just Jesus. like, okay, wow. Why did you even come tonight? Yeah. So yeah, uh, in, in a nutshell, it wasn't great. <laughs> Fair enough. There was a couple of the kids at my school, a couple of girls that were pregnant on their way out of school. And it's oh like, fuck me, man. That's some going. <laughs> You're oh. not even like 17 years old. That but is yeah. awful. Let's get off that. Jesus. Um, <laughs> that's probably what he said, to be fair. Um, right. So second school question. Can you remember the naughtiest thing that you or someone else did at school? The naughtiest thing? Uh, um, so I remember being in like maths class and I, I, uh, all of uh, the whole, I was in like the lowest set. And um, I mean, this is like really the lowest of the low. And I was in this class, they were all chavs. And um, I, I just used to sort of like, you know, like her in the corner. Like, I really hope they don't beat on me today. Mm. And um, yeah, just this one, this, this, this one lesson we had where everybody was pretending that they were on pink champagne and sort of like being really unruly. And the teacher actually just sent everyone out of the class, every single person except me. And he tried to show up to um, some of their houses to speak to the parents, you know, on the council estate. And um, the parents having none of it, you know, they tried to shut the door on him and apparently tried to put his foot in to keep the door from closing. And uh, that didn't go down very well, and he ended up having a nervous breakdown, and uh, he he, he uh, retired at that point. Um, so I I wasn't really that un I wasn't really that unruly a student. I was definitely an underachiever, but yeah, um, yeah that that was pretty insane day. You know, just yeah. everybody being every single person being sent out of the class, and then the teacher having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. one thing that I I that sticks in my yeah. mind that that particular day. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've probably gone through this a couple of times now, but I remember in religious education, um, we had a slightly unhinged teacher um, and we were clicking our pens. As soon as she would turn around to write on the whiteboard, we'd start clicking our pens. And we had this sort of Spartacus mentality of no one would actually dob the other person in. We would all kind of go down together. And I remember her getting so annoyed with us clicking our pens by the way, guys, if you're a teacher, don't tell the students what annoys you because you're just giving them ammo and we would go crazy. And eventually she just got up on the table and started screaming. Wow. So that was a 20 minute lesson that was worth going to and learning about Vishnu and reincarnation and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. good times. Yeah, no Naughtiest thing I ever did, though, I just remember definitely st yeah. I stabbed I stabbed a guy with a sharpened pencil. It was okay. really bad. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> it was yeah, so yeah. bad. Oh no, I was just being really wound up uh, by by everybody at my table. But then this guy comes from his his table and said something that really just made me go like that. And yeah. uh, I just happened to have a newly sharpened pencil within arm's reach, and I grabbed it and I. I plunged it. it into his stomach. We made, we actually made really good friends after that. And he yeah. jokes, he jokes to this day that um, he uh, he still has the lead stuck in his stomach, and he does. It's like this little grey dot um, <laughs> on his stomach yeah. somewhere. I'm just trying yeah, to yeah. find my get my your light. Just, 
gone dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> there we yeah. go. I'm, I was going to say something. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm back. <laughs> so good. I think that's how Anthony Kiedis and Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers met. Was they would uh, bully each other, and then eventually they kind of joined forces and became good friends. Who bullied who? I wonder. Hmm. I reckon Flea probably bullied Anthony. You reckon? Yeah, because yeah. he is the youngest person in the world, I imagine, to have a moustache like that. So. True. And he's got, <laughs> like, fuck all teeth, is not he? He probably got yeah. them all knocked out from fighting, didn't he? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. So, your future is metal. Yes. Who else is in the band, and what do you do in the band? So, I uh, am the leader of this project. My name is Johan Saul, and I play guitar and I sing, and I write the lyrics... Um and uh yeah, write the music um at at the moment. Um it's it, it may open up and become more collaborative uh as time goes on. But for now, yes, the lineup consists of uh salaryman Ben. We use sort of aliases in this band, you know. Yeah. Um he plays the drums and um me and Ben, long-time collaborators we played in bands for well, well over 10 years now and yeah the lineup's filled out by um jay Voorhees on bass and backing vocals and tim doom on guitar nice so four of you merry men all together that's right four piece love that so what kind of style is your future is metal I'm trying to put uh, my I, finger on it. So um, I would describe us as a heavy metal band with a lot of different influences, which include um, metal across all eras, modern hardcore punk and 80s pop, I would say. I really i am into bands, you know, like Faith No More, Typo Negative, um, Turnstile are, are, as well are, are a big influence, Judas Priest, yeah, um, you know, bands like Helmet, um, and then I also just like, you know, like Hall and Oates and, you know, like uh, early Madonna records, um, you know, stuff like that. And um, I, I guess this band is really just my way of just meshing it all together somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that you mentioned Helmet, um, I've actually got a funny story about them. I messaged them on Facebook and they replied to me saying, uh, we're not currently doing press, but we'll definitely bear you in mind for future. And I actually screenshotted that conversation and sent it to Brendan from Wheatus because he's obsessed nice. with Helmet. And he was like, yeah. what the fuck, man? That's insane. So it's quite weird because I look up to Brendan and he looks up to Helmet. So there was this weird sort of hierarchical sort of level of respect going on. But yeah, I got a bit of a sort of Megadeth vibe, as I mentioned pre-recording. So uh, yeah, it's good fun. Check out yeah. the songs. I listened to Ultimate Power. Vortex of Souls, and When Jekyll Hides, which is off the new... Is it an EP? EP? Yeah, yeah. YFIM. YFIM, nice. And I noticed with When Jekyll Hides, you had a gentleman called Joe Kibble. So should we give him a bit of a shout-out? Absolutely. Joe is the, one of the nicest guys ever. I ever had the pleasure of of um showing you know the state stages with um in my old band weathered hands we played with a forest of dean based band called black art who okay. are sadly sadly no longer around but um they were all a bunch of big burly men you know like redneck kind of handy men um mm. 
and uh, we had some good times on the road. But Joe, actually, he did a guest spot on um, the one album that my old band Weathered Hands did. And, um, you know, I've always loved his his scream. And I wanted a kind of a, I wanted I wanted a heavier kind of vocalist for that song. And uh, I had in mind, I had him in mind for a long time to do a guest spot there. And yeah, we, we brought him in on this project. And uh, yeah, he, he delivered. He still sounds great, even though he yeah. doesn't do it as much anymore. I think he's mainly brick laying these days. Right. So instead of laying down tracks, he's laying down bricks. That's right. <laughs> so... Forest of Dean, are you still active within that circuit? Because I've got a bit of a sort of heritage thing with the Forest of Dean. There was loads of bands. There was a uh, Rebel Lust, my old Never. band Desert Rose. Desert Rose. They used to put on massive, like all day festivals. There was one called Heaven and Hellfest. That rings a bell. Was, but... uh, yeah, go on. So we we played um, like where did we play? Like Colford, you know Colford. Yeah. Um, really early on in Weathered Hands, uh, but we ended up playing with um, Blackheart in for the first time I think in Cheltenham. But anyway, no, um, I I don't I'm not unfortunately um, I have no idea what's going on scene wise with right. the Forest of Dean and Hereford and all of yeah. that. Um, a lot of those bands, you know, are now are, are now no longer with us. The ones that yeah, yeah. I knew from you know ten years ago and played with and stuff like that. Sadly, yeah. but I really do hope that um, my travels bring me back there yeah. to rock out again someday. There was a guy there called Vinnie Buckingham, and he seemed to single-handedly hold up the entire Forest of Dean music scene because he'd put these crazy all-day festivals on. And I remember just. Like, this is back in a day when you liked loads of Facebook pages and stuff. And I was just getting absolutely hammered by this guy promoting basically everything in the Forest of Dean. I was getting like 60 notifications a day of him inviting me to his gigs and stuff. But he just seemed to sort of be the glue that held everything together. But yeah, that was he still... about seven, eight years ago now. Does he still do it? I'll check. I'll check. There you go. Minnie Buckingham was his name. I think he was a night shift worker, so he did quite a lot of these things sort of as the, uh, you know, when you've got a bit of a uh, spare time. I love these these kinds of people, man. They really, they, they are the ones who create the local yeah. scenes and give, you know, the younger people something to do in their, their shitty towns where there is nothing to do, do but a drink in the park. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's on Facebook, so I've got his profile up. He's from Gloucester. Gloucester, yeah. yeah played Gloucester, play, play Gloucester once at the Live Lounge, I think it was called. It was just tiny yeah, venue. Um, yeah, I'll uh, send you some pictures after this. I might have to get him on here because he really, really, like, put some fucking time in, man. Like, it wasn't just about his band either. It was like... He wanted to sort of give everyone a bit of a shoulder to sort of climb on, you know. I love that. You know, I I um yeah. I feel like I would really like to meet this guy because I'm um I uh I put on I put on our first show that we recently played. We played about a month ago now, um and it was very stressful. Mm. And uh, I know I realise how stressful it can be putting on shows. So oh, yeah. you know for him, for him to put that amount of time in, you know, yes, 
you have to introduce yeah. us sometime because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for I'm looking for yeah. gigs at the moment and promoters and such. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I've got a couple of promoters down here in Bournemouth sort of area. I can hook you up with all that sort of stuff. But it Please. was quite weird to see a promoter that gave so much of a shit as someone like me who used to put gigs on. And it was quite weird. It was like the sort of Spider-Man meme of like, you. <laughs> and it was like a reflection of yourself sort of thing. And it's cool when people just do it because it's fun. You know, it's not necessarily financially motivated or it's, I want to support the Cancer Bats and, you know, I'm going to use all these other bands to get me to that destination. It was just because it's fun and for the love of it, you know? But yeah, a huge, awesome. huge respect for people like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll uh, get in touch with them. So, right. Your future is metal. Do you prefer to write music, record music, or play live to people out of the three? Which one would you arrange in that order? I would probably actually arrange it in that order. Yeah. Um. I. I. I might potentially make recording number one and writing second potentially, but um, I mean, me and me and uh, me and the salary man himself. I mean. We have always said that we absolutely love writing and recording and creating. Um, the studio is, I mean, as long as you're prepared, you know, it doesn't have to be a stressful environment and you can go back and you can, you know, like tweak certain bits. And it's just so, it, it just feels amazing to, to hear your what you've created come alive, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I love playing live. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I absolutely live for you know that half an hour an hour you know you're on that stage but it's it's everything around it you know yeah. it's 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 driving there it's waiting around you know it's like um coming off stage like discombobulated and awkward and you know but that being being like actually on stage that that is the best part but but yeah i i would yeah. say um yes uh, writing recording and playing live in in that order is how i would arrange it personally quite funny because i'm drawing a lot of parallels between sort of playing live on a stage and recording this like all the stuff around the podcast is like admin like yeah. scheduling guests and trying to potentially book a guest and doing the fucking instagram posts i hate it man i hate it so much it feels so like laborious and sort of i don't know there's something about instagram posts at the moment that i just don't want to do them. I'm procrastinating like a motherfucker on them at the moment. <laughs> oh man, you're telling me. I haven't. Um, I, I I've been a, a been going through a, a little bit of a period of inactivity on social media with uh, yeah. the band since we uh, since we played our first gig. But um, you know, we, things have definitely not slowed down behind the scenes. We're doing a yeah, lot. Yeah. It's just it's just without you know yeah. uh, without without any other shows booked or anything like that. All we yeah. can really do is put the work into the next release and stuff. I think there's also a parasocial relationship nowadays where if you're not posting online, you don't exist. Yeah, I actually feel really... I, I feel like I feel like I post and I still don't exist. You know, yeah. what I mean, it's it, it's like, you know, I, I, I was in a very short lived um, hardcore band called Real Authority um, before this was like, you know, eight months, you know, before the pandemic happened. And, you know, we we went we, we did a PR campaign and we put out a first EP and we had a really good start. We did a show with Grove Street and then we did another show with Cancer Bats. And, you know, it seemed like we, we had a fairly good reach. And somewhere between that 
band and this band, you know, uh, online, posting about stuff online, it's just, it's like the algorithm is just against you. It has, it has to be. I, I don't understand what has happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. So YFIM, was that recorded at home or was that recorded in a studio? And how long, roughly beginning to end, did it take for you to get that out the door? So um, when Real Authority uh, ended, yeah, it, um, we 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 basically writing. We trying to write an album for Real Authority, and uh, the whole sort of unit sort of fell apart. We had a couple of members leave, and myself, the bassist, and at the time, and and Ben, the drummer, we just carried on, um, and that was that was like 2019 going into 2020. So we just kept writing and we, and we, we, and I actually was just a guitarist at that point. I'd never sung before. So when the pandemic happened, I took that opportunity to start learning uh, how to sing. Yeah. And the, for the next two years, cause we ended up going to the studio in February, 2022. Yeah. That was a solid two years of me just practicing and, and trying to figure out, you know, uh, while well, learning to sing, I took vocal lessons. We kept writing. We ended up with a massive pool of songs, about 20. And yeah. um, we kind of cherry-picked. Um, there was a couple of songs that we knew we really wanted to release first. And then we cherry-picked a few others um, that suited um, the release. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it took ages, really, because I had to make sure that, obviously, I was, you know, good enough. Um, I, I could be the singer that I wanted to hear on these instrumentals. So February 2022, we went into the studio for five days and yeah, we did it at the ranch in Southampton. And yeah. it was produced by Daily George, who um, used to be Neil Kennedy's um, right. assistant, but is now, you know, solidly like doing his own thing. Um, and um, yeah, uh, so five days. We did six tracks, um, the five on the EP, and then this sixth track, which is going to be our, our next release. And uh, and then it took us a while to get some mixes back. But when we did later on that year in the summer, I just started going in and just redoing a few little bits and pieces, adding a few bits and helping with the mixing. And it was finished by, it was finished and mastered by towards the end of the year, about November 2022. So yeah, that's, that's nice. it. That's that was sort of the process around YFIM. There's something about recording and putting your stamp on something and then it's getting mixed and mastered by like another engineer or something like that. That time between those two things happening seems endless. It feels like you're just in this sort of purgatory state of existence where you know it's going to be worth the wait, but you're not quite sure how long you're going to be sort of hanging around, sat on stuff you know what i mean oh man i i am with you i mean i'm living that right now because yeah we're currently we've received a couple of mixes back for the second ep which we've already recorded yeah but there's still another there's still another four that we're waiting on and i am just like daily man give it to me come on I, yeah. i'm sweating here I'm, <laughs> you know um yeah, yeah. really looking yeah really looking forward to hearing it but but yeah i i it, it's 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 tough it is Purgatory is the right word for it. Did you go there for like a whole week and stay there? Or did you sort of go to and from your house to Southampton? 
No, we um we they've got accommodation there, so yeah. we we stayed the for, for the you know uh five full five days. We we stayed over at the studio. Nice. Woke up around nine, started work around ten. Oh, hey boy, sorry, so the dog that, just that's all right. The dog just that's broke so into fucking. <laughs> We love animals knew, there I, at ABP. It's all good. I, I knew I knew he would do that as well. He loves just barging yeah, himself yeah. in because the door is so easy to open. I'm just, like, <laughs> just going to close it ever so quickly. Nah, that's cool, man. No worries. John playing ad. All right. All good. He's lovely. So, he just wants to say hello. <laughs> that's all right. What's he called? Floyd. Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think that's exa- it's exactly where his name came from. Yeah. Love it. Um, so that helped you kind of get into the zone in terms of that was all you had to focus on because you were staying there. So you're just Ab- sort of absolutely. eating, living, sleeping music, and you're just in that sort of laser focused. Yeah, you know like, what? Come to think of it, yeah, th- that's probably why I would say recording is my favourite part because because that that's it. You're in your element. I'm yeah. in my element when I'm in the studio. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. so focused on what I'm doing. I yeah, love, I love recording as well. Yeah, mm. I don't really like playing gigs that much. But yeah, it's nice. So we've got nine minutes. So I'll ask this question now. It's quite a deep one. So answer it as honestly or as blasé as you want. It's completely up to you. It's your episode. But what keeps you motivated to keep writing music slash do the band thing? What keeps you waking up in the morning and wanting to still sort of churn away? Yeah, so um, I, I think that I, I think I think it's the fact that I am I, I'm a Taurus. I'm just so fucking stubborn. When I was 15 years old, I decided I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to play guitar, and I flunked my exams on purpose. And I kind of just haven't really been able to you know stop you know it's always been you know what am I going to do next and you know set set back after set back or you know whatever I've still get up and, and keep going and honestly I don't know I don't I don't know what motivates me at this point I think it is just that the fact that I'm so stubborn and I'm like no this is what I'm gonna do this is what I decided to do in my life and I'm gonna fucking do it but you know I, I do love it it's just um you know what the music industry can be like yeah, unforgiving absolutely. cold you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I just the idea. I just I don't think I can ever put it down because the ideas just keep coming, and um, I've just I've always got these instrumentals and these riffs that I feel I could do great things with that I want to, um, and and that that is what motivates me ultimately yeah. to do. You know, because I just I have all of these ideas and and they don't they don't stop coming. So, <laughs> what's the notes app or sound recording app? on your phone like i bet it's just full of ideas absolutely full to the brim and not just those two apps also the loopy app um loopy hd here's a little musician's tip get get loopy hd it is a looping app i tend to write my songs by recording riffs into loopy and just building up parts and then arranging them after and that's also how i you know write a lot of my solos as well I'll just put. I'll just punch in the 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 uh, the click, the time signature, and the amount of bars. It sort of a little light goes around of a wheel, and when it gets to twelve o'clock, it starts recording, and then you just you're away. And then uh, yeah. I, I've just got like a rhythm track playing, and then I'll um, yeah. 
I, I just, you know, start, you know, soloing and coming up with ideas. Uh, but yes, Loopy HD, that is, it's worth its weight in gold. It only costs about a fiver, I think. Oh, yeah, it really is. Loopy HD. Mm, it's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Bloody hell. It's crazy what we can do with our phones, isn't it? It is. It's great. That is like my favourite app. I was very upset when my old phone died and I couldn't transfer my 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 mm. my loops to my new my new phone. That was fucking devastating. I had to yeah. actually go on my broken phone and try to recreate all of my favourite ones. And I, I, yeah, yeah, I've still yeah. got I've still got my old phone, which it, it barely works. That I, yeah. I to take out so I can unearth these ideas should the well run dry in the future. <laughs> God forbid, God forbid. God forbid, yeah. There we go. So we're going to go to a quick break. Um, I will need you to just stay on this meeting for two seconds because I've already forgotten to fucking do something. So bear with. John, play an ad, and we'll be back in a sec. Cheers. And we are back. I'm still trying to think of what to say when Zoom 2 starts, but currently it's and we are back. So there we go. Right, let's step away from music for a second and ask Johan what your non-musical hobbies are, if you have any. Yeah, so um, I don't actually have any, but well, I, I okay, so outside of um, playing music, I um, I love reading about um, true rock and roll stories and uh, music history, um, and it, I guess that's still music related. But yeah, yeah. you know, I, I'm really interested in um, like I'm I'm always like banging onto my girlfriend like like oh yeah this band she's like oh I like this band I'm like oh yeah that band you know like they had this guitarist in there and yeah and and I watch all the VH1 you know programs and you know I'm on YouTube all the time and. You know, trying to gather information about just music, just like bands I like and their history. And I, I just I'm such a nerd for shit like that, you know. Yeah. So reading about music history, like rock and roll history and stuff like that. Love Do it. you find sometimes if like your girlfriend says to you, oh, I really like Kiss. And then you're like, Gene Simmons was born on the 2nd of June, 1980. And she's like, shut the fuck up. Like, I just want yeah. to enjoy the band's music. I don't yes. care what blood type, you know, blah blah blah, and the fact that they did a collab with Hello Kitty, like yeah, yeah, that, that's that's me, that's me, you know, because I yeah. can't I can't just enjoy the music, I have to absorb it, I have yeah. to assimilate it, you know, I have to know everything, you know, if I'm yeah. really into a band, you know. Yeah, I get that totally. Yeah, so bit of a weird one. Are you superstitious? Uh, I'm not superstitious. Maybe I should be, because sometimes you know I feel like I'm cursed. I will admit though that whenever okay. I see, whenever I see a ladder, something sort of tells me to walk around it. 
but life's too short to uh to not step on the cracks if you know what i'm yeah. saying <laughs> the only one that i'm like consciously like avoidant of is saying hello to magpies really and i don't know why and recently I saw like 20 in one area. So I put a fo photo up on Facebook saying, what the fuck does this mean? Because it's usually like one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret never to be told or something like that. So anything other than like those eight, like I don't know what I saw, but there's definitely like a subconscious bias that happens as well. If you see like one magpie. And it's one for sorrow. I think you kind of set yourself up for something sad to happen. You reckon? So you're yes. kind of like blaming fate. The la the ladder thing is the only superstition that ever mm. sort of has stuck with me. I can't remember a lot of the other ones, but uh, yeah, I'm not not yeah. generally a superstitious person. But maybe maybe that's yeah. why I'm such a fucking failure that I'm not superstitious enough. <laughs> nah, you're alright, man. I think there's no. black black cats. Opening an umbrella indoors, smashing a mirror, mm. oh, putting yeah. new shoes on the table, which one hundred percent was made by your mum. Like someone's mum did that, and then it kind of just got out that everyone, it, you know, the rounds. You shouldn't put new shoes on this. Surely you shouldn't put old shoes on the table that are covered in fucking mud. New shoes, exactly. Are fine. Yes, exactly. There I mean, new shoes. Uh, that's the only time they can go on the table is when they're fucking new. So feel that we feel that we're slowly putting the world to rights, one podcast at a time. We are. So this could fall flat. So watch this, people. Do you have any ghost stories? No. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm absolutely. I'm, I'm a massive horror horror film fan. I should have added that to my hobbies. But nice. um, no, no. Funny enough, I don't have any ghost stories. Yeah. So this is just an idea at this point, but I want to get a team of skeptics. And a team of like YouTubers, musicians, Twitch people. Next Halloween, I want to do a massive UK meet. And I want us to all go into a haunted house. And just see what comes out the other side. Sounds like the premise to... Uh, sounds like the premise to Night of the Demons. I would, I, I would love to be... I would love to be like... Proved wrong. I would love to actually yeah. have a ghost story. Like I would love to have been touched by something like that, but yeah. um, not not yet. So yeah, let me know when you do that, and I will. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll happily join in. Absolutely, let's do it. Awesome. Right. So, bit of a dark one, but we'll strive forwards as always here at AVP Industries. Funeral song. Do you have a funeral <laughs> song? <laughs> probably one of my own, because just because it would be great promotion. Probably the first and only time my family and friends would actually listen to my music <laughs> well, even when you're dead you're still promoting the yeah still yeah. plugging away <laughs> absolutely and they might actually like be you know in tears like oh actually it's kind of good yeah <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah oh, i'm proud of him <laughs> and you're like fuck you <laughs> yeah fucking why aren't you fucking listening while i was alive <laughs> yeah Oh, love it, love it. <laughs> Worst animal in the world. What do you uh, reckon? Uh, you know, the first one that... The first animal that comes to mind that I just really don't like. Crocodiles and like, alligators. Just don't okay. trust... I just don't trust them. 
I don't like oh they the way that they like they they chomp on your arm and then they do a barrel roll and they rip mm. it off and eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those fucking stories of like you know crocs eating babies at Disneyland and shit. I just, yeah. I just don't, I just don't trust them. I wouldn't trust them with my baby. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. No, they'd eat my money as well. They wouldn't give it back. Mm. Nah, not worth it. Get them on the list. Might actually make a list of worst animal in the world. Mine's got to be wasps. I mean, Fuck. they are they are fucking shit. They are wasps. Pointless. Oh, I hate them. And this is a guy with a beehive in the background. But wasps can fuck off. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, what's your favourite animal? And what's your favourite animal noise? The bull, man. The fucking bull. You yeah. know? That's my creature. My guy, you know? I'm, I'm rooting for the bull in the Matador fight, man. I have absolutely yeah. no sympathy for those those Spaniards. <laughs> um, and as for animal noise, I don't know. You know, there's just something about the purr of a cat that yeah. relaxes my stress and anxiety. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I, that I would have to say a cat, a cat's purr for animal noise. Have you got a cat, or have you just got a dog? Oh yes. Oh, he's beautiful. He is Omen. He's called. Um, yes. Well, I mean, he's not my cat. I mean, I, I live with my girlfriend and her family um, in, 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 like, Dagenham. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's their cat and dog, but, um, you know, you, mine, by, mine by default. Yes, mine by default. Omen, though, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a big boy, ginger, incredibly good-looking cat. Um, you know, but he doesn't have any... He doesn't have as much interest in people as he does the dog. You know, like, Floyd and Omen are bros. You know, like, just earlier today... You know, Omen was having a fight with a black cat in the garden. In the garden, and Floyd just ran downstairs and ran out into the garden and chased his cat away. Yeah, you know, they're double trouble. They can coexist, <laughs> cats and dogs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, and he's got a lovely little web. Like his arm is all. He's got like a webbed armpit. You know, oh, right. yeah, he's just so he's so lovely. Yeah. But he gets hair everywhere. What we'll do is we'll get some pictures of Omen, and that will be the Instagram post for this episode. I'll just send you some of your cat. I've got fucking loads. I've got I'm loads sure. of pictures of home. Yeah. I'm sure. Love it. <laughs> right. Weirdest place you've ever slept? Um, well, I mean, I mean, I, I, I used to live in guardianship property. So at one point I did call East Ham Job Centre my home. Um, and that was sick. Mm. But apart from that, um, apart, apart from that, I did. I did sleep in a van in an Oldham car park, and um, I just. I just feel like emotionally and spiritually, I never left that place. Like it's just. It was so weird. Like we played this gig in Oldham to like fucking no one. Yeah. Um. Way back when we were in Weathered Hands, these. these were, this was with the Black Art Boys, by the yeah. way. And um, so I, you know, slept in the front of the van with the gear stick up my ass, and our like guitarist had gotten off with some girl and he stayed over her house that night so oh yeah prick (laughs) he was like i'll I'll get us a place to stay yeah boys yeah no worries i'll be back got in a taxi with this girl didn't see him for the whole night he comes running into the car park like waving at us i could see him in the side thing like prick and um i just it just felt like we were there for ages ages like days but the reality was we were there for like a day but it was just yeah i just keep coming back to this car park man and in the the van wouldn't start, um, so we had to like push it down this car park, which was on a slope, 
um, but there was like a dual carriageway down the bottom. And, um, you know, the guitarist Blackheart was like, all right, give him, give him a push and I'll jump start it. Like, what if it doesn't start? Well, we'll tackle that when it comes to it, Shag. <laughs> Fuck that. Oh my yeah. God, that's insane. So, I mean, I guess it's not a weird place to sleep, really, for, for, for a touring band. But um, it's something about that Oldham car park that just stays with me to this day. Yeah, I remember putting gigs on in Weymouth, and um, a lot of the car parks in Weymouth are very sort of you can stay here until like two a.m., but you can't stay the night. So there's a couple of like public spaces that aren't necessarily car parks, but they're kind of like free for all park at the side of the road sort of thing. And I remember just going through this phase of putting gigs on and stuff. And I wasn't necessarily like playing in the bands, but I was just putting the gigs on. I was very sober for a lot of this because you have to be when you're a promoter, because otherwise someone's just going to fuck you over. Mm. I remember sort of going into town the next day after the gig and seeing the vans that the bands had like stayed in overnight. And occasionally like someone would stumble out of the van. And I just like, I think to myself, like, the gig was probably quite good, but the actual adventure and the the journey and the staying overnight was probably the best bit because you've got this like crazy story the next day. Do you know what I mean? And it's like you say, your your bassist runs off of a girl and your drummer gets lost and doesn't show up for sound check and just like real things, you know, like. It's horrible in it's horrible in the moment, like and yeah. really grueling. I'm I'm sure you can relate to this. You know, like when you're touring and when you're gigging and doing all this stuff, it's like everything is happening and nothing is happening at the same time, yeah. and it's just so fucking grueling. But then after it's all done and and you're you're home and you're warm bed or whatever, and you're yeah. reflecting on it all, you're like, wow, that was really fucking cool. And you're like, wow, so much happened. I have so many cool stories, you know. Yeah. But in the moment, it's fucking shit. <laughs> Yeah, and you get home at like seven in the morning, like you've just done a night shift. You can hear the birds, which is like yeah. the worst part. Yeah, yeah. Sit, you wake up and the sun's like blaring. You're like, oh my god! But yeah, good like, fun. Yeah, lots more gigs coming soon for you. I'm sure you'll have many stories next time you come back on. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, when you take the bins out, this is a new question. Just bear with, right? Do you okay. follow other people in your neighbourhood to find out what bin needs to go out and when? Or do you know and you're the boss and people follow you? Blimey, you'd be hard pushed to see me putting out a bin. That's probably why I'm such a piece of shit person. <laughs> they do it. No, <laughs> no I mean, um, I, I'm, I, I don't know why. I'd, Putting out the bins is such an arduous task to me. I prefer like doing the washing up or something somehow. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not the. I'm not the best at taking the bins out. Full stop. Would be the answer to that question. I'm always yeah. like hoping somebody else will do it. But I will. You know, when push comes to shove, I'll be like, I can't yeah, yeah. leave it like that. You know, it does get to a point where it's like, all right, yeah. I'll fucking take it out this time. You know. There's nothing worse than doing it on the morning of the delivery and sort of pick up because it just makes my brain go like haywire like because i don't know if you've ever missed a bin run but you're constantly like chasing your tail because you kind of got to back up the backlog if that makes sense yeah whereas uh people that do it the night before you know they got their shit together they know what's going on but i'm very much a follower 
I tend to uh, go with what the other people next door to me have decided. And if they fuck up, I go down with them. I'm happy to concede. But well, I suppose I've got a plan B that I can just drive to the tip at the weekends. So it's not all completely for nothing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. One more house question. Then we've got some more mm -hmm. silly ones and then we'll get back into music. If you could take away one item from a house to slightly inconvenience someone, what would the item be and why? Mm. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say a washing machine. Yeah. So everyone will have to wash their clothes manually in the bath with detergent, with a stick, just like, like stirring it. I mean, yeah. I, I actually, I was, I was, I went through a phase when I was younger, about, you know, 10 odd years ago, where I was obsessed with keeping all of my shirts and my t-shirts and everything in mint condition. So I actually used to like wash my clothes in the sink manually. Yeah. I, I've never admitted that to anyone before. Um, okay. But now I'm just like, fuck it, washing machine, 30 degrees, let's go. Um, you know, spin and drain, that's it. Don't fuck with the tumble dryer, don't trust them. But um, yeah, I would probably say the washing machine because that would just be hilarious. Just like, just somebody just like, just stirring a bath of socks. <laughs> Plunging everyone back into the dark ages. Exactly. Yeah, make think, them remember. I'll try and get my editor to do this, but we've got our current sort of subconscious list of things that you don't trust we've got alligators and we've got washing machines and i'm interested to see if we can get a third one to add to the list by the end of this um, episode so let's see what that. let's see what we come <laughs> up with <laughs> first ever phone that you can remember owning that would be i mean i'll never forget it it was the um orange walkman phone i don't know if you could remember oh yeah that that's right the sony orange walkman phone and yeah, uh, I I actually think I've still got it somewhere. I'm a bit of a hoarder. I've got yeah. like, and I'm a little sentimental sometimes too. I uh, I think I've still got it at my dad's somewhere. You know, it barely oh, works. Yeah. But yeah, um, I had a yeah. I had I had like two ACDC songs on it and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You had like a 16 megabyte capacity on your storage, and you had to really think about the songs that you wanted on there as ringtones and stuff. Yeah, mate, it's crazy to it think was. that that was the shit back then. And like then there was then Blackberries afterwards. Like everybody was obsessed with Blackberries. Um I didn't I didn't actually get my first smartphone to, until I was about twenty I think I was twenty-three or twenty-four, something like that. Yeah, I I just moved to London and I, I got stuck in um Holloway Road on a night out because I it was like a freshers event or something. And um, I, I, I had to pay like up my ass for a taxi back home. And after that, I was like, right, that's it. I need to get this city mapper thing that all the kids are using these days. <laughs> so I held off wow. for a long, a long time. But before that, yeah, I was using bricks. You know? Yeah, yeah. I remember those Sony Ericsson type phones. Like they had a sort of joystick. Yeah, yeah. Them. Yeah, and yeah. Those like, joysticks yeah. would break. And then you were fucked, basically, because you had absolutely no way of, like, getting to the main menu or getting to text messages or... But, yeah. Just, That's exactly what happened to mine. Honest. Yeah. 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 A bit of planned obsolescence, mm. even back then, before touchscreens. Mm. Um, Favourite type of curry? Bit of a weird one. Um, I suppose uh, uh, Thai green curry. If I'm oh, yeah. if I want if I want a bit of spice uh, and mm. a korma if I'm feeling mild I suppose but it's yeah. all I've always I've got to have a naan 
every yeah. time. You know, Plain? I, I, I have to see what they got, you know. Kima. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Meat and bread combination. You can't lose. Unmatched. Yeah, no, the, satisfa the satisfaction is real. <laughs> I have to really hedge my bets when I ordered a Jalfrezi from the Curry's, the Curry Houses from Weymouth, because some of the Jalfrezis are quite edible, but some of them are hotter than the sun, because they put mm. like the chilies in with the sauce to like marinade. Yeah, and they just become a whole new like level of lava. And it's uh, it can get a bit chaotic sometimes. Oh man, don't talk to me about spice. Oh man, <laughs> I used to I used to live with a guy who carried around a vial of the hottest. I mean, this would I mean, literally, you put like like a a grain of sand amount on a fork, and that would fucking pulverize you for twenty minutes. Like you're just like dying. It's like please make it stop. And it almost feels like if you drink cold water, it makes it worse. But it, it yeah. was like. It was like the kind of shit that you put into um, like a vat of food just to give it a little kick. It, it yeah. was that strong. Um, but this guy, sadistic fucker, man, <laughs> <laughs> to carry that around yeah, yeah, yeah. just in case he can he can coerce one of his mates into trying a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty crazy way to live life. Just have it, it in is. your back pocket, ready for it. Yeah, mm. good times. Cool. Right, so. Hardest video game boss you've ever come across? Um, so that would probably be. Did you ever play um, Evil Dead: A Fistful of Boomstick on PS2? I recognise the name, but I don't think I actually played it. It was quite a fun game, actually. It was like a yeah. third person, very gory kind of, and um, yeah, it's just the reason that I say this boss is because I never, like, I never beat. I never beat it, you know. Like I've compl I completed every game I ever played, apart from this one because I just could not. You had to, you had to like. It was like this giant. Um, I don't know. Like uh, it was like a character from early on in the game, like a love interest who gets like turned into a evil supreme deadite, and it's like this massive like spider kind of beast or something, and um, you've got to throw like dynamite into its mouth. And yeah. I just, I, I don't know why it just, I, I almost feel like my copy had a glitch. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't beat her. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I gave up. So that would probably have to be the hardest boss that I ever, I ever came across just because I just literally just couldn't beat it. <laughs> have you played Banjo-Kazooie on the N64? I never did. No, I, I, I was, I was PS1, PS2. And then that was it after that. I did... I pissed around on like other kind of you know games like you know arcade stuff and PC stuff definitely like yeah. Diablo and Starcraft but was ne never yeah. played that much N64 at all really. I I firmly believe it was one of the best consoles ever made for its time, but I am on the absolute last boss of Banjo Kazooie, which is a witch called Gruntilda, and I'm in a weird place with it, so because I want to fucking complete the game so I can start another game because that's the way my mind works. But it is hard as nails. And I don't want to just log into the Xbox to play the game because it's like been remastered on the N64. Mm. I don't just want to play it to rage quit. So I have to really think about, can I spend an hour trying to kill this boss? Because 
I want it to be like a net positive experience. I don't want to associate video games with like sadness and fuck's sake. I'll try again tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? I've yeah, really got um, way of my options. Well, video game bosses were way harder back then. Oh yeah, way harder. And the, you know there were some platformer games on the PS One like Rayman, which were yeah. just so fucking hard. Yeah, you know, and, and games like Croc and stuff like that. Yeah, really, Those really, really fucking. Those. Yeah, really That's fucking good. difficult stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Video game first memory. What's the first what? game you can remember? My first game was Jumping Flash. Okay. I remember, it was. It's yeah. a game. It's a game about a robotic white rabbit who can jump really high and shoot guns and stuff like that. And okay. um, he's he's trying to save um these different kind of like planets from becoming a giant holiday resort and some supervillain or something like that um yeah i got i got the ps1 christmas 1998 or something like that and it was like the best day of my life and i got five i remember got i got five games for christmas i can't remember i can only remember the two two of them and one of them was jumping flash because that was the first game i played i can't remember three of them but the other one was final fantasy 7 Oh yeah, and uh, I was I couldn't get past the first boss, and then I gave I was like oh fuck it I gave the controller to my brother, my younger brother who was like five at the time, and um, and yeah he aced it and I was like, all right well you, this can be your game then so I I gave I gave him Final Fantasy Seven and then that was his his first was the first boss the scorpion it was yeah 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 the robot scorpion yeah yeah I did I just didn't I didn't take to to RPGs straight away yeah I. I they were great. It was great watching him play it though, because the story was that was yeah. the one thing that really, really yeah, got got me about Final Fantasy. Those uh, those Final Fantasy like six, seven, eight, nine, and maybe ten to an extent. Although there were some bits in there which I really didn't like. Um, just story wise, just absolutely loved it. Just really got yeah. into that. Yeah, and the music yeah. as well. In fact, my my younger yeah. brother he has an he has a YouTube channel. Um, and it's all really well produced uh, video game soundtrack covers. He's covered Chrono Cross, Final Fantasy, um, you know, across all of the Final Fantasy games, loads of stuff. Really good. Check it out. Andre what's, Kane. Yeah, what's it? Andre Kane, Andre, sorry. Andre Kane. So Andre is in Andre the Giant, and Kane is in Kane the Wrestler, the Undertaker's brother. And you'll, he'll come up. Really, really big, good stuff. Check it out, guys. The big red machine. Love it. Mm. Right. So. I was gonna um and ah about doing a top three anime list because I, the f- I could I could yeah. answer that I could answer that yeah. So before we do that, your future is metal. Where did that come from? Let's tell the uh the listeners. Yeah, so um I I used to get my uh, parents to rent VHS tapes. This was back when they were still a thing, back in yeah. the day. Uh, and I was always renting horror films, much to my younger brother's displeasure, because he just couldn't hack the crazy Japanese stuff. There was one film that evaded me. It was called Tetsuo the Iron Man. I was like, mm, I hope I watch, get to watch that one one day. Fast forward well over a decade later, decade and a bit later, um, I was trying to come up with a name for this band. And uh, I was just like, I, w- I was just start- I was like, I'm just going to check out all the stuff that I love, all the stuff I like, see if there's something in there I can figure out. And uh, I-, I watched Tetsuo the Iron Man finally, 
and there's a scene in it where the main character, the salary man, okay, salary man, um, is being he's he's basically being taken over by a metal fetishist. He's being turned into a metal machine, and it's you know fucking this crazy shit happening. You know, like um, he's just morphing into this mess of like metal, and um, he's trying to resist it. And um, the metal fetishist says, "Fuck you! Do you not understand? Your future is metal." And I thought that is sick. That is so <laughs> sick. I've got to use that for something. Yeah. And um, it, it ended up being the name of the band because, yeah. um, you know, I'm a I'm a massive metal guy, and um, everything I do is going to have a heaviness to it. And uh, it, it it seemed as it seemed like a different kind of name as well. Maybe not just a name, but a statement as well. You know, like yeah. um, everybody's called the something or. Or you know, like it, it's one word, or um, you know, it's two words. But this is just it's slightly longer. You know, it's a little bit different. Um, so yeah, that's why I chose it. That's how it came about. What I want to ask yeah. you though is, so you you, um, you you um, told me that. Uh, so you thought the name came from an anime. Which one was that? If you don't mind me asking. I think it was. I think you mentioned it in a previous podcast. I think it was Ghost in a Shell or something. Ghost in like a Shell. That. Yeah, I yeah. You, um, I played it. the, I played the demo of, I played the demo of the game for Ghost in the Shell, but I, I never actually watched it. So I think I'm gonna check that out now. So Ghost Definitely. in the Shell, Akira, and Eight Man yeah. After were my three top three animes because I watched them on VHS with my dad. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I probably shouldn't have watched them at, like the age I was. I was probably like twelve or thirteen. Mm. And Eight Man After is gory as shit. Um, it's not one that people seem to remember. But no, yeah, I, I, I had a great time. I know. I've I've never I've never heard of it actually, but I'll probably actually go. I'll probably go and watch that now because it sounds quite intriguing. My yeah. top my top three. I'm yeah. not like the hugest anime guy in the world, but I do like it. It's just because there's so much out there, you mm. know. Um, and it's hard to know what what is what's the best, what's the what's the MV, what are the MVPs of the genre. But yeah. ones that I have watched that I really liked, Alpha Lead was one of them. Um, the girl with the vectors and she's all cutesy or whatever one minute and then she's like you know uh, this evil you know she kills everything decapitates everybody the next yeah. and um, yeah I just I, I really got into the story of that I thought it was really cool um, second anime would probably be a, a, a series called Cromarty High School it was originally a manga and then they turned it they made a one season out of it it's just it's this bizarre um, sort of series about this high school called Cromarty High, and um, the students in it are just very dysfunctional and strange. Like yeah. um, some of the classmates are like Freddy is is Fred. He looks like he's Freddie Mercury basically, and he doesn't say anything. There's just this guy there that looks like Freddie Mercury, and this other character called Mechazawa, who's like a robot, but no one will say anything about him being a robot. <laughs> it's like it's it's, a really, it's just like this bizarre universe. Where yeah. all these very strange things are are are, are normal, um, yeah. I would recommend checking it out because it's got some really it's just got some really funny writing in it, which is just kind of like. Uh, and um, third, thirdly, um, I guess if you could count Studio Ghibli as anime, which I suppose it technically yeah. is, Laputa yeah. Castle in the Sky. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my favorite Studio Ghibli film, I think, as well. Fantastic. Yeah. I highly I recommend um, people check out Black Lagoon as well. It's on Netflix. Black Lagoon. 
yeah it's like mercenaries trying to sort of do what they do and then there's like a sort of clean character where he's quite sort of righteous and he's like worked hard all his life and he doesn't really understand the the ill-gotten gains of life and he's quite innocent but towards the end of it he starts sort of transforming into someone that's quite sort of bitter and clever with moving money through you know stuff and he starts to see the benefits of potentially being a bit gritty and dirty so, mm, yeah, yeah. Quite good. oh yeah well, i like that, that, that mm. I, I think i'll check that out black lagoon black lagoon yeah i'll send you a link after this yeah please um, one more music question we've got about nine minutes and then okay. i've got a big question at the end and then i'll leave you to it so right. music question is top three albums okay so um uh so e so either so october rust by typo negative or world coming down um depending yeah. on depending on my mood because you know um I'm a, I'm a huge typo negative fan um my, my friend ben the drummer in this band introduced me to typo negative and it, it was just it was just the best recommendation that anyone could have ever given me um but october rust is the more romantic pagan kind of sounding album absolutely just luscious um and, and layered and just just it's just got a vibe you know but then world coming down is more um is like probably a stronger album in, t- in in the sense that every single song every single song start to finish absolutely fucking killer every single one whereas october rust has got a few cuts where i'm like nah, you know yeah it kind of dips a bit for me but world coming down is like extremely depressing it's like it is blacker than black it is the bleakest record but yeah if i'm feeling if i'm fe- depending on my mood it's either october rust or world coming down uh number two poison the well you come before you um i i i, I saw poison the well supporting gallows on the orchestra of wolves tour in 2007 mm. yeah, yeah. I, had no, I had no idea who they were and i remember they opened with like letter thing from versions mm. you know with that that blast that that on snare opening and that one dissonant chord and um yeah it, it left an impression on me and i went back and uh, listened to them quite a lot and you come before you it's such a unique hardcore record um there's just so many there's so many different influences and and flavors and you know this really like emotive emotional singing and these emotional lyrics but then it's just this visceral energy and yeah it's it's just awesome you come before you by poison yeah. the well yeah that that's that's one of my favorite albums and uh, finally, I probably would have to say Fine Lines by My Vitriol. Um, they were like a, they're like a, they're like, they kind of sound like Nirvana meets um, My Bloody Valentine. They're like, they, okay. they were called, they were called New Gays. Um, and so they, 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 they blew up in the, in the early, uh, the early noughties. Yeah. And, um, and, they they did this one incredible album. It's just amazing, amazing textured kind of like almost like rock shoegaze kind of kind of record. And um, the the vote the vote the vocalist and sort of band leader frontman um, apparently just couldn't he just couldn't handle like the music industry and the pressures of of putting out a re- a record. You know, like I think I think it seems to me like he was quite hard on himself about. It had to be perfect, and yeah, uh, yeah. A, from what I know about that album, a lot of the um, songs were written in the studio, and I just think it's perfect. I just think it's a perfect album. 
fine lines by my vitriol. So those are my top three. Nice one. Right, so, Johan Saul, your future is metal. How do you want to be remembered? Um, uh, I want to be remembered as a heavy metal legend with his own Wikipedia page. Because <laughs> I suppose you know when I when I was when I was a kid and you know I was you know get, getting into music and playing guitar and like reading about all of these like all of this what you know this all of this rock music thing I was re- I was reading Wikipedia pages and I yeah. think I hope I, w- I I always hope that one day I might be able to leave some kind of a legacy enough of a legacy to be able to have one written about me so um, yeah. hopefully I could take my music places and make that happen one day. But yeah, that's oh, yeah. probably how I would like to be remembered. Nice one. So YFIM is your most recent release. You've got some more music on the way. And you're active on all social media. Is it Instagram? Is that your main one? Or have you got other stuff as well? Yeah, so Instagram at Your Future is Metal. Facebook at Your Future is Metal. Twitter, YFIM666. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So those are all the handles that we're on at the moment um waiting to see what happens with this threads thing because yeah twitter looks like it's, yeah. like it's x now i don't know it's dying a death x. isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheers elon <laughs> yeah i tweeted the other day elon musk is currently the only person in the world that can afford to shop at waitrose <laughs> <laughs> so follow me probably... on there if you want you're not wrong yeah. you're yeah. not wrong there we go Fantastic. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I know that this one feels like it's taken ages to kind of come together, but it was uh, lovely to actually speak to you outside of Instagram DMs. I absolutely loved and, it, uh, man. I really enjoy. Yeah. I really enjoy doing stuff like this, and thank you for having me on. No worries. We'll get you on in like six months, and we'll see how uh, YFIM's going. All right. Absolutely. I'm happy to do cool. another. All right. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks for watching, listening, viewing, subscribing, doing whatever you do. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, see you on the next one. Cheers, guys. Hey, guys, it's John here from Absolute Bedlam. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to our brand new Patreon. If you head over to Patreon now, you can get access to behind-the-scenes footage, ad-free content and episodes. You can even send your own request in terms of the content you would like to see us create. All of this is available to you and more. We've got free options available to you as a patron with us. If you just want to support what we do and help build the Absolute Bedlam experience, a small fee of a pound a month, you can do just that. If you want to get access to that ad-free content, those ad-free episodes, for £5 a month, you can join The Hive. And if you want all of that and more behind-the-scenes footage, commission works with us, live Q&A sessions for £10 a month, all of the madness, all of the chaos of Absolute Bedlam will be yours. So head over to Patreon now, become a patron, and join The Hive. Absolute Bedlam Podcast. Who? What? Where? Why?